Welcome to an inspiring message from Awaken City Church. For more information about us, visit awakencity.com.au. Well, look, our theme today is future hope. It's been this theme the last few weeks and it's our, it's our time where as visionaries, as vision builders, you know, we come around the future and what it looks like. And with the theme again is future hope and more than ever, we need the now kind of faith that brings hope for the future. Who believes that? You know, faith is actually forward thinking. And Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Faith shows the reality of what we hope for. It is the evidence of things we cannot yet see. That's what faith is. And so the title to my message today, if you're taking notes, which is a tradition I always say, is it is this, faith for His kingdom plans. If we are going to fulfil the plans of God for us, we must carry a kingdom of heaven mindset and perspective. When you read the Gospels, when Jesus was walking the earth, His favourite subject was the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven. It wasn't angels, it wasn't the supernatural, it wasn't the law, it was the kingdom of heaven, it was the kingdom of God. And often when he began his parable, and we know a parable is an earthly story with a heavenly meaning, he would start off like this, the kingdom of God is like, or the kingdom of heaven is like. And so if it's important to God to mention it and to Jesus, it's important for us to lean in and understand what that is. Jesus taught us one specific prayer during His earthly life, which highlights the importance of His Kingdom. And it's a very familiar prayer that we all, we all, we all have read at some time. We've been around the Gospels and the Bible. And it wasn't, it wasn't the Lord's Prayer. It's actually for the disciples. It was for you and I. And it's in Matthew chapter 6, verse 9. This is how we should pray. Our Father in Heaven, hallowed be Your Name. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Not Carolyn's will, not Claude's will, not Pastor Chris's will. It's your will be done, Lord, on earth, on earth as it is in heaven. Now as New Testament followers of Christ on the other side of the cross, the kingdom of heaven is in us. Heaven is in us because we have Christ in us the hope of glory. Greater is He that is in us than He that is in the world. That's a reminder for some of us today. So the main text from our theme, Future Hope, comes from the prophet Jeremiah, chapter 29. It goes from 4 to 10. It says, where the people of God, they found themselves in exile. They were taken from Jerusalem to Babylon. And I don't know about you, but I feel right now globally the church is in a place of exile. God told them, He told them the plan and what to do while they were in captivity for 70 years. He gave them a vision map for future hope beyond what they were experiencing right now. And He told them to build homes and plan to stay plant gardens and eat the food they produce, marry and have children, then find spouses for them so they may have many grandchildren. Amen to that. Multiply, do not dwindle away. 
and work for the peace and prosperity of the city where I sent you into exile. Pray to the Lord for it, for it's His welfare will determine your welfare. Pray to the Lord for it, for its welfare will determine your welfare. That's worth repeating twice. But verse 11 to 14, if you'll follow with me, this is what I wanna highlight today. Where the prophet Jeremiah prophesies and says what God says, for I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. And in those days when you pray, notice praying again, when you pray, I will listen. And if you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. I will be found by you, says the Lord. I will end your captivity and restore your fortunes. I will gather you out of the nations where I sent you and will bring you home again to your own land. Don't you love that? Home again. Home is in our hearts. Heaven is in our hearts, amen. But God said this in the beginning of verse 11. He says, for I know the plans I have for you. Plans for good and not for disaster. Plans. I want you to think about that. God has plans for your life. Plural. He has a plan for your life. And through every season, even in the midst of facing hardship, His plan is to prosper you. His plan is for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. You know, I know there are many people who do a vision board when they're planning their business idea or when planning a new home. I've put a little bit of a vision board together for my new home. And so with that, what they do is they start to see it because you've got to have a vision in front of you. They start to speak it out and they start to plan towards it. You know what? Here at Awaken City, we have a vision. We have a vision board. And our vision is to be a Bible-believing, people-empowering, soul-winning, nation-changing church. That's you and I, amen? God has not left us wandering around aimlessly for our own vision for our life. The Bible is our vision plan for our life. If you wanna know what God's will is, read your Bible. It's very clear what His plan is for your life. And if Jesus is really King of your heart, if Jesus is really Saviour and Lord of your life, then we must fix our eyes on Jesus for He is the author and the perfecter of our faith. Amen. We must surrender the pen of our life and allow Him to write the story, the plan for our life. Proverbs 16, 9 says, Within your heart, you can make plans for your future, but it's the Lord that chooses the steps you take to get there. You can make plans, but it's the Lord that chooses the steps you get to get there. Now I'm speaking today with three types of people today. Today, maybe you're hearing this for the very first time and today you're deciding, I'm going to choose to follow God's plan. I'm going to choose to make Him Saviour and Lord and let Him be the author of my life. Or maybe today this is just really gonna be a time of encouraging you to stick to the plans of God, to stay on course and not get distracted. 
And then there's others here. Maybe you're here and you need to get back to God's plan. You started off right, but somewhere along the line, you took a big detour and now you're on a different path completely. It's time to surrender the pen and allow Him to rewrite your story. Because when He rewrites your story, we know it will finish well. When we write our own story, it only leads down to a a rocky path. But you can't change your past. How many of us know that? I wish we could. You can't change your past, but you can change your future now. We can learn from our past. We can always learn from our past. But you can change your future now. God has a vision plan for your hopes and dreams. That's why your eyes are in front of your head and not at the back because He doesn't want you to keep looking back. He wants you to look forward because faith is looking forward. God also has a plan for His church. And guess what? You're part of that plan. You're part of God's plan for His church. We are called the Bride of Christ, His church. Jesus is coming back for His bride, His church without spot or wrinkle. That's why we do Botox every now and then, right? (laughs) His church is the hope of the world, a beacon of light and hope. He's coming back for a powerful church, a city on a hill, the body of Christ in unity, working together like Acts chapter 2, verse 42 to verse 47. That is my true north as a church. And if we are surrendered, if we have surrendered the pen to the author and the finisher of our faith, then everything, everything belongs to God. Not some things, not just a few things. Everything belongs to God. Come on, that's worth repeating. Everything belongs to God. He has full stewardship plan over our time, our talents, our relationships, our finances, every area of our life. God's plan, His will is the same for everyone. It's for good and not disaster, to give you a future and a hope. You may think that's for everyone else, but not you because my life doesn't look like that right now. But there is a future hope coming to you today. But this isn't all up to God. He's given us kingdom patterns and principles we must follow. He's given us a vision map to follow as we align our thoughts, our words and our actions according to those kingdom patterns. God's plan is to end your captivity and restore you back to God's original plan. Isn't that good news? That's why Jesus came to earth. And we're going to read Ephesians 2, verse 8, what that looks like. Are you there yet? Who's coming with me? Start the car. Come on. God saved you by His grace when you believed. And you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. See, salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. So none of us can boast about it. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus and you can, so we can do the good things He planned for us long ago. 
the good things He planned for us long ago. I believe with all my heart that God wants to see your dreams, your plans in God become a reality more than you do. He wants to take your efforts, add His power to it and bring the dream or the vision He gave to you come to life. He doesn't want you just to survive. He wants you to thrive. He, Jesus came to give you an abundant life. See, a vision is simply a picture of what a brighter future could look like. That's what it is. Whether your vision is for a better relationship with your kids or your spouse, whether it is starting a business, improving your financial situation, or just making sure you're reaching your potential or all the above, whatever it is, it's important to follow God's kingdom patterns and principles. Have a clear vision plan, gives you purpose to your daily lives and helps you stay focused. We need to stay focused. King Solomon said in Proverbs 29, he says, if people can't see, what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what He reveals, they are most blessed. There are so many things demanding our immediate attention. And it's really, it, sometimes it just, help, it just gets us to lose focus. And that is the enemy's plan. The enemy has a plan for your life and is to get you off focus. His plan is to steal, kill and destroy. And that's the nice way of saying it. His plan is to get you depressed, disillusioned, distracted. So you can't see God's plan for your life. But Jesus said, He goes, I've come to give you life and life more abundantly. But we must stay focused and give our most important resources of time, money and energy towards eternal purposes. Stay focused in that. We can't plan every detail of our life, but we can be a good steward of what God has given us and we can stay focused to stick to the plan. Amen? Every vision plan needs a written one-liner explanation of what you actually want to accomplish whether it is big or small, we've got to have something flowing from our lips all the time. And you know, our one-liner is, we believe God has called us to be a church that's big enough to impact, small enough to care. In other words, we want to be a church that reaches more than these four walls. We want to be a church and we are that church that is reaching into Africa. We're investing into Africa. We're sowing into Africa, we're partnering the work in Africa, in Cambodia. We're giving to a, a village in, um, in, in Cambodia. We are reaching far further than what we are doing right now. But we also want to remain small enough to care, be a church that cares. We believe that God has called us to be a local and global history maker. Amen. We Another one-liner for us is to know Him and make Him known to others. That's pretty simple, isn't it? Our supreme purpose is to know Him and make Him known to others. William Wilberforce, the man who is considered to be largely responsible for ending the slave trade in, the mo- in most of the British Empire, had a huge vision. On October 28, 1787, he wrote out this one-liner. God Almighty has set me before two great objects, the suppression of the slave trade and the reformation of morals. That was a huge dream. Slavery was so prevalent at that time. And I'm certain 
That goal just seemed so impossible, bordering on ridiculous, really. It took 46 years, but it happened. Wilberforce saw slavery abolished in almost the entirety of the British Empire three days before he went to be with the Lord for eternity. He worked his entire life on that dream. That was a huge dream. It took his whole lifetime, but it came to pass. A single mother developed this one-liner, raise kids who love Jesus and people. Seems simple, right? But how many of us know the world we live in right now seems an impossible task with the depravity of society, moral decay. It is something that we have to keep in the forefront of our minds and be speaking out and declaring and letting our actions follow it as well. But God has placed a vision in that person's heart and this person is pursuing it with all that she's got. See, when we pursue these kingdom patterns and principles, I'm about to highlight and lace it with the power of the Holy Spirit. Your dream, your vision, your plan, whatever you want to call it, will be unstoppable. But we have to stick to the plan. We have to stick to God's plan for our lives because, and we need the power of the Holy Spirit to enable us to do it. For the kingdom of God is not just talk, but it's living by God's power. Let's go back to Jeremiah 29, 12. It says, in those days when you pray, in those days when you pray, in those days when you pray, not complaining when you pray, not talking to others when you pray, in those days when you pray, I will listen. If you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. I will be found by you. Number one, the first pattern and principle we must follow if we wanna live this life to, according to God's plans for our life. Above all else, we need to seek first His plans. We need to put God at the centre. We need to look for Him wholeheartedly. And let me start by saying God knows you personally. He knows your desires. He knows your plans. He knows your dreams. He knows your fears and what seems impossible to you. He knows the very hairs on your head, how many you have on them. He even knows the ones you lost on the bathroom floor this morning. He knows everything. He knows your perfect imperfections, as legend would say. Here's what the Bible says about us in Jeremiah 1.4. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. Did you know that God has sanctified you? Did you know that God has set you apart? I think that's good news, right? I think that's fabulous news. He has plans for your life, plans to bring you closer to Him and make you the person you were meant to be. And if you put your, if you put God first in your plans, you will always have the strength to accomplish what you want to accomplish in your life. And when you have God alongside you, there is no other power over you. One person with God is always in a majority because if God is for you, who can be against you? And my prayer for you today is that you will put God at the centre of all your plans and projects because He 
knows you intimately and personally. He knows and He wants the best for you. With Him by your side, absolutely nothing is impossible for God. Secondly, plan to pray and work. I put them together because sometimes we think we've got to do all the praying and there's no working at it. Plan to pray and work the plan God has given you. He goes, in those days when you pray, I will listen. And if you look for me wholeheartedly, you will find me. I will be found by you. Irania said this, work as if it depends on you. Pray as if it depends on God. Both are true. God's plans always require divine intervention. Whether it's your finances, whether it's a change of heart, whether it's a miracle, whether it's just, you know, a, a, a reconnection in a relationship, it always requires divine inter- intervention. And when we read in First King here, we see this take place where there was praying and there was planning and divine intervention When King Jehoshaphat was faced with the impossible battle that was in front of him, he knew that he was outnumbered and overwhelmed. So what did he do? He prayed to God and God gave him a plan. God gave him a strategy how to come through this, how to divide and conquer. He told King Jehoshaphat to put the choir in front of the army of God and that he would take care of the rest. And it seemed like a wacky strategy, but Jehoshaphat obeyed and did exactly what the Lord had told him. He put the choir in front of the army as he prayed and he showed him what to do. When you face situations like that, we must pray and we must obey. Otherwise, what's the point of praying? And guess what happened? He overcame. He overcame. He conquered and He divided and He won the battle. See, when you face something you can't do without God's help, do what you can in the natural and trust God to put the super on the natural. Proverbs 21.5 says, Good planning. And hard work lead to prosperity, but hasty shortcuts lead to poverty. See, God will bring His plans to your life to pass, but you have to work hard in faith to see that accomplished. God only asks us to use what we have to the best of our ability and start by doing what you can right now, no matter how small or how big it is, start by doing what you can do with what you've got. Amen. Don't look at small beginnings as insignificant because everything starts small but grows big. In other words, don't despise small beginnings as the Bible says. Take small steps and watch it grow. You know what? That's actually how this church was built. We thought the church that we were going to buy was going to be in 2008. But there was divine intervention because we were praying. And we started and we bought this property, this place in 2006. And it's been a work in progress. Man, we moved in after six weeks. You know what this was? This was a playground and a nursery. And you can imagine what it looked like when we first bought it. It's been renovated and we are at our final renovation thing where we are building our children's ablution block. Isn't that exciting? But it's taken since 2006. It was a huge step for us. 
but it was manageable steps along the way. Good planning and hard work lead to a successful plan. Verse 13 and 14 in Jeremiah says, I will end your captivity and restore your fortunes. I will gather you out of the nations where I sent you and will bring you home again to your own land. This is us now. Kingdom plans go beyond our own lifetime. We must be invested into the Kingdom of Heaven work here on earth to restore, reconcile and bring us home to where we belong. Which leads me to my third one. Kingdom partners have a bigger vision than their own. We're here to create history by preparing the future hope. See, the future is not a concrete reality, but history that is ready to be created. Isn't that awesome? You and I, we're here to create history. And there's three things that partners do. Are you ready for it? Firstly, remain planted. Psalm 92, the righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. He shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of our God. Secondly, we've got to participate. Unless you participate in the plans God has for you, you will become passive and critical. Thirdly, invest into people. Help others meet Jesus, both locally and globally. We've heard the expression, you can't take it with you. The Bible says that you can send it on ahead by investing into people who are going there. First Timothy says, by doing this, they will be storing up real treasure for themselves in heaven. It is the only thing that we can bring to heaven and the safest investment for eternity. We can invest into becoming legacy builders for the next generation that are in our children's church right now, in our youth area right now. We can invest into the house of God. It may be only bricks and water, but it's where we gather as the church of Jesus Christ. Amen. And we're not to forsake the gathering of the saints as as the Bible tells us, especially as we see the day approaching. We are here to gather, not scatter. Amen. Partnership is where we become fruitful. And it's all about loving God and loving people. And over the years, I've been astounded at the faithful partners here at Awakened City, how they've given sacrificially both in prayer and invested all their time, talents, energy and resource. And this is the reason why we are standing here today because of the past partners that have created history for the future. Amen. Lastly, I'm getting a little bit excited here. Fourthly, God's plan is for you is to proclaim the gospel of salvation. Just like Geordie shared, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, for it is the power unto salvation. See, Jesus came to bring heaven to earth. He healed bodies, fed the hungry and loved people. Jesus brought heaven to earth and so can you. Bring the Kingdom of God to a broken world. That's why, church, we are a hospital, not a museum. Perfect imperfections, amen. 
Jesus believes in you and He believes in the local church. He wants you to be an ambassador here on earth, small ways or big ways. We're here to bring the culture of heaven to the city, amen? Because if you pray for your city, if you work for your city, if you partner with your city, it'll do well for you. It'll do well for your welfare as well. 2 Corinthians 5.20 says, For we are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making this appeal through us. And we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. You and I, we are Christ's ambassadors and you are a miracle. Do you know that? You've come out of the, you are a miracle. You came out of the kingdom of darkness and now you are into the kingdom of light. You are salt and light to this earth around us. So go, get out there, be bold, go and make disciples. Not just go, make disciples in Christ, not of your own. There's a lot of people making disciples of themselves. The good thing, the good thing is God is not limited by your past. If you're saying, but you don't know my past, haha, get your eyes at the back of off the back of your head. Start looking forward. God is not limited by your past. He's only limited by your faith. You can rise above your past and your beginnings. You know what? I found that God's into recycling. He's, re- good in, he's really good at recycling. He recycles your pain into your purpose. He turns your mess into a message. He turns your misery into a ministry. So don't, don't get into you this place of feeling depressed and dejected and what God is not using me. Get up, get out, go bold and start sharing the Gospel. See, the attacks on your life is more to do with who you might be in the future than who you were in the past. God wants to heal your past. He wants to reconcile your present and He wants to release you into your future. We are here not to be have, sorry for the expression, but bums on seats. We are here to be encouraged, built up by the Word, transformed so we can go out and do what we're called to do. Amen. But it's going to take unwavering faith to live out the plans of God. We're going to have to stop getting off the focus and stay focused. Thanks for listening to this message. We hope it has blessed you. If you would like to find out more about Awaken City Church, visit awakencity.com.au.